Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Josh Brown, it's Monday. It's the wind-up. You've been playing a bit of the death loop. I'm Scott Tilford. You're Josh Brown. I said that before, but how is, or what the living hell is, a death loop? Oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to have to come on here and explain <laughs> to you what death loop even is. Yes, you are right, Scott I don't Tilford. think most people know what this game is. I just don't think they do. The reviews are out at the time that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually seen them, and ours is going to be out a little bit later because we actually got the copy a little bit later than some of the publications. So mm-hmm. I didn't actually finish it until the other day. Going to get it written, recorded today. Should be up tomorrow. Um, yes. But yes, Deathloop itself, I have completed it, Scott. I've put about 20 plus hours into it, and I can finally tell you what it is. Deathloop, my friend, is a <laughs> game where you star as a man called Colt. You are on this island that is, for some reason, in a time loop. You know, you're reliving the same day over and over again. You're reliving the same 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And your goal to break this time loop is to assassinate eight different targets before that the, the, the loop resets, essentially. So you right. need to go out, you need to take all of these targets down, while at the same time, um, someone called Juliana is actually hunting you down in your games. And as okay. you go trying to assassinate the target, you've got this other person trying to assassinate you. And that other player, that character, is actually um, controlled by a real-life human being who can mm-hmm. invade your world and try to essentially mess up your runs as much as possible. And you know what? It's really, really good. It's really <laughs> good. I was actually a little bit ill over the weekend. I had a bit uh-huh. of a cold, so sorry if this is coming through on the audio right now. So but that mate. meant that I took off Friday and just played Deathloop for 10 straight hours. <laughs> 10 hours, just <laughs> non-stop, while I already had uh-huh. that head high on sips just going crazy on it and then uh, obviously played around the weekend as well but yes mm-hmm. that is what death loop is do you understand what it is now i think i do i mean the thing is i looked up a few of the bits and pieces of footage i saw lana pierce did a q a session the other week when they when she did like a hands-on preview thing and just said that the way that they tackle it because we need to talk about the sheer reality the sheer amount of time loop games that are suddenly here like what Dude. what What's going on in the various development meeting rooms across the land where we've got like four time loop games in the same well, year? Hilariously and entirely accidentally, because I didn't uh. know the death loop code would be coming, mm-hmm. but I played three different time loop games back to back. I played the Forgotten Cities. escape them? 
went straight into 12 minutes and then literally went straight into death loop. So I played right. these three different games back to back, which is actually really fascinating. I think we should do a whole other thing on how all of these different games, including Returnal, which mm-hmm. released earlier this year, um, use the mechanics of the time loop in completely like, different ways in some cases. It's a fascinating case study, especially playing them all um, uh, you know, so close together. But mm-hmm. yes, sorry, that's a tangent. What were you no, saying? no, I think, well, no, my, my point is I think that's completely valid because I feel like a lot of people are going to start having these conversations on what time loop, time loop mechanics are in video games and whether or not they like them or not because I feel like the thing like 12 minutes made me hate it like made me absolutely hate redoing the same conversations redoing the same animations over and over again and it was one of those things where you know and because I'm playing Forgotten City at the minute I started that yesterday and I know that's one thing that you really really liked yeah and that game is like really really well presented in regards to acknowledging the reality that you are you're going back through the same space over and over again and I love the fact that the first time you redo the loop it acknowledges it and lets you jump through that initial conversation and so you just tell the guy that like hey look i already know everything you're about to tell me i know your name i know all these different things and he's just like oh god i must be drunk that's fine and he just gives you like a zip you get to have this um like zip line thing to get you through the level faster um just sidestepping entirely what forgotten city is but point being that i feel like a lot of the discussions will emerge on you know what is a good time loop game and how do you sort of reward someone over time where repetition is inherent because i feel like the last time the time loops were a bit of a thing or repeat mechanics were a thing was the roguelike boom where you had things like Rogue Legacy. Um, was it Rogue Legacy? Yeah, Rogue Legacy. And, um, you know, like Binding of Isaac and titles that are sort of established in, in the console space, especially like the idea of roguelikes and the idea that death is just a mechanic. Something maybe even Dark Souls you could roll in as well. You're going to be rerunning these areas over and over. Um, but my thing to bring it back to 12 minutes was that if you are literally just doing the same thing over and over again, then that to yeah. me is just my hatred of bad checkpointing made into a game mechanic. And I despise that, which is one of the things that made me really hate a lot of 12 minutes. Um, how does Deathloop fare in that entire context? Like you said, we should do an entire separate thing on time loop video games. But how does Deathloop feel in regards to respecting your time as the player? How much of it are you yeah. actually doing over and over again? And what have they got in place to let you bypass that stuff? It's it's really interesting the way they do it because this isn't, you know, it's not a roguelike. It's very much a no. single-player, straightforward, story-driven um, shooter game. You know, it's very mm. much action-heavy. And because of that, while you are repeating, you know, the same day, you're ultimately in this time loop, the objectives that you're completing, um, you know, like they stack, they carry over, and they change from day to day. So it's not literally repeating the exact same um actions verbatim over Mm -hmm. and over again to get that minuscule difference like it was in 12 minutes this is an entirely different beast where the two characters who know they're in the time loop are colt and juliana so every Mm -hmm. single time that you even wake up you know you have a little bit of bandit between them and they kind of carry on their rivalry i suppose as the days go on so that's not getting reset at the same time and your weapons and stuff while you will initially start each day trying to scavenge weapons you have Mm. this currency called residium that you um you know you essentially pick up throughout these different levels and as long as you don't die you get to bank that at the end of every run and you Uh. get to save things like powers or weapons or trinkets which are essentially like attachments for your weapons or power-ups for your character you get to save the ones you like if you have enough and then they stack to the next playthrough, which so you can start with a certain gun, you can start with a certain power, mm. you start building power through that system. So by the end of the game, you know, you have these loadouts that you can go to, you have a bunch of different weapons that you can immediately jump in and um, make use of all of these different all of these different powers and all of that stuff. So that's a cool way to bank it. Mm. But I think the interesting thing 
about the loop itself is that it's actually split up into four different loops. So you have the general thing that lasts all day. You know, you need to defeat all of these um, targets within a specific time. But at the same time, you have four different areas that you load into from a screen um, that act as their own kind of like mini open worlds, I suppose, mini sandboxes that you get mm -hmm. to explore. You like get a hitman level in. almost. It's almost exactly like a hitman level. Okay. So you have these four hitman level-esque places, but you also have four different times of day. You have a morning, noon, afternoon, and evening, and those levels change depending on what time of day you're in. So I mean that aesthetically, for instance, the more you go through the day, the more the entire map becomes coveted in snow and that changes the way the landscape is. You have different enemy positions depending on different times of day, different targets and different um, you know, locations. So and all time that is stuff. progressing then? like Yes, yes. Yeah. So time progresses throughout the day and then obviously all that stuff resets from the beginning, but it means that you can't see everything in one loop, for instance. So mm. every loop that you jump into even if you're revisiting the same places in the same time of day, you're going to be viewing things that you just didn't see the first time around. Mm -hmm. It is gaining that knowledge, understanding how the levels work, understanding what time of day you need to be at somewhere. Like that kind of management is what keeps it fresh and what keeps you pushing forward. Because on top of this, you've got all of these other... Um, I guess, objectives to be working towards. It's not literally you're just in there to hit man your way through and kill the targets. <laughs> like you uh -huh. need to build up to being able to kill some of them, for instance, because their schedules might clash. So you can only take out one at a time. So you can't be in two places at once. And therefore the game is kind of a process of you trying to set up the best assassination route that you can possibly get to mm. get through it all in one day and that requires a lot of you know um messing around with the world figuring out their um schedules and ultimately knowing more about what the hell what the rules of this loop are and what you can do in it so like did that because like it's I, it's definitely and this is way more subjective i i definitely feel myself bouncing off a lot of not not a lot of what you said, but I think a lot of the things that are inherent to time loop video games, like, oh, you're going to have to redo this thing over and over again and figure out the one thing that will change. And I know you just said before that, that it is there is a, there is like a freshness to it because the levels change and the, the uh, parts of the environments that you're going to make it seem fresh. And the, it, even the way you describe it makes them seem more like levels than yes. one specific like overall space that's resetting. But I just, I, I guess I, what I was going to just like ask is like, did you feel remotely like annoyed by any of the setup or did it feel more intelligently handled in regards to the, like the, the baked in rep, repetitious aspects of it? Like they handle that in a way that says like, look, we know you're going to have to do this over and over again. And we've accounted for that because you can yeah. actually find out this piece of information five different ways or whatever. Like, does it just feel like, did you get annoyed with it or does it feel like they, they've managed to manage, they've managed that quite well? I didn't get annoyed annoyed with it. On one level, you know, I have a lot more patience for these time loop games than I think you do. But at the I think same you've got time, a lot more patience for life than I do <laughs> maybe, when it comes to video games. Maybe. But at the same time, of the four I played this year, this definitely, um, you know, is the one that kind of respects your time the most. It's the mm. one that you're always doing something new, whichever run you're in. You've, like I said, you've always got new objectives. You've always got new targets. You've always, you're always getting a more clues as to where you should be and in fact it's almost overwhelming you know when you first jump into it it actually takes a little while to get going because there's so many different systems and so many different things that you need to account for that the game kind of really holds your hand for the first hour hour and a half where it's running mm. through everything 
just to set these systems in place so that 10 hours down the line, you don't feel like you're in this repetitive loop. You don't feel like you're just covering ground you've already covered. And that's awesome. And I feel like, you know, it's also worth stressing that this is an arcane game and those developers always champion freedom and exploration mm. and doing things your way. And as a result, even if you, even if we all have the same objectives, we're all going to be doing them in different ways because we're all going to be taking different powers into the level. We're all going to be taking different weapons, different approaches, whether we want to sneak through the window and take a guy out from there or make something more elaborate. You know, there mm. are so many, so much freedom to the game that it was funny. I completed it and I went back to watch some old um, gameplay trailers that they'd released. And I was thinking, I cannot believe you could do that the entire ah. time almost because there's just that level of, um, you know, experimentation that the game kind of encourages you to indulge in uh-huh. that no two players will play it identically like i know i love that, that. yeah i love that side of it i was gonna ask because arcane for me like i i loved dishonored one like really loved it and then just couldn't get into dishonored two which is really weird but i just i just bounced off that game the level layouts the weird sort of amp, the how much they amped up the gore and it's like i just didn't like the mm. feel of it and barely got through much of prey and it's like i've always wanted to love them more but i was gonna ask like in regards to arcane like some of the things that are becoming a signature trait are they have really unique powers or they have really unique weapons like there's the the glue gun in uh prey or there's like the um the way you can sort of like connect minds together in dishonored 2 i think it's in dishonored 2 you kill one dude and they all die the same way i know they brought something like that across into um death loop but yeah what's the did it did it feel like there's as much originality in the weapons and the power sets as there is in the overall game um the way that the whole game plays um, it's it's funny because they do, if you've played Dishonored, a lot of stuff will be familiar. You know, mm. you have a shift ability that lets you do a short range teleport to get like to higher places. It's like the blink thing from Dishonored, yeah. Yeah, it's like the blink thing. You do have an ability where you can connect minds, so then if you take out one person, everyone connected, like, instantly dies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those might seem familiar on the surface, but at the same time, it's, they're still robust with what you can do with them, and you have up, specific upgrades for those specific powers, so you can change them in ways uh, that make them more tailored to your own play style. You know, you can alter their properties in some Mm -hmm. instance, but there's so much you can do with them, you know, beyond what I even scratched. There are so many different ways you can play around with them. And I think the only issue is that the game doesn't necessarily... um, always put you in positions where you feel like you're encouraged to do so because of the time Mm. loop framing sometimes that can feel at odds with you know messing up for instance in some in some ways because then you do kind of feel like not that a runner's wasted but that there was a more efficient way to do it that you just didn't um realize for instance Mm -hmm. so there are some powers that i just didn't really mess around with at all because they weren't my play style and i almost feel like i've kind of missed out on some potential possibilities Mm -hmm. there but i always feel that way with games like this especially games like dishonored and prey or whatever it's it's more a failing i think of imagination on my part because it's i'm not necessarily willing to um be creative because i find a solution that works and i just think well that's my solution why would i um, (laughs) go against that when i'm when that's so this gun shoots people good this gun shoots people and i can blink up there and mm. um, but you know for people who want to experiment for people who love that creativity there is so much you can do within those sandboxes that gameplay wise i don't feel like you'll feel limited or constricted mm. or anything like that because it is so open straight away yeah, yeah. Well, because one of the things that like, I loved about Dishonored, because one of the things that almost got memed at, with Dishonored 1 was like, oh, you can, um, you know, have a, a bullet be fired at you <clears throat> from a guard or something, um, freeze time, jump into that dude's mind, walk him in front of his own bullet and let him <laughs> get shot by his own bullet. And I remember trying to do that and you can't do it. 
Um, but it wasn't as easy as you know, like you would think as that sort of became the reputation for that game back then, that it was so endlessly experimental that, oh my God, you can get a guy and shoot him with his own bullet. Um, do you think that they um, have tried to encourage that stuff more? Or like or like you said, you can't just pick a play style, just play it more like baseline stealth. Like, okay, you're going to teleport, but you know you have weapons, you have crouching, you have like uh, assuming like enemy awareness that you can see which path you can take and stuff. Do they, like I always kind of want to say, do they embrace their arcaneness? Because this feels like, to, to, in some ways, this feels like the most arcane game possible. It's something that is yeah. set up to be mm-hmm. as endlessly replayable and experimental as possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, like it's, it would require like a change in the controls maybe or a change in the way that they because like, in hitman you know they they obviously over time with the rebooted trilogy um io found a way to literally just tell you like hey by the way you might want to you know hang on to this detonation button and we'll figure something out for it later or hey by the way grab the surgeon yeah. costume and do this crazy kill um do they have stuff like that to sort of make you aware of what you're missing out on almost or encouraging you to be more crazy or they or it's 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 kind of frustrating this element because they do and they don't on the Mm. one hand they do have this robust clue system as they call it so you can overhear um npcs in the world talking about a certain setup for instance or a Mm. certain thing that um you might be able to do within the world that then the game kind of like marks for you as a clue that you can reference later on and maybe implement it in other scenarios mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of situations that are kind of like tutorialized where it's like you can do this if you mix x and y together for instance you know so there are some okay. easy versions of them that you can remember later and then kind of implement but the issue i have with it is that the loadouts when you go into these missions are kind of almost too limiting for instance you have a bunch of different powers but you can only take two powers out every single time you load into one of the areas. Uh. And while that obviously, you know, brings up kind of like tactical advantages and that you need to be aware of what kind of position, what kind of situation you're going into, sorry. Um, it also feels a little bit limiting in a way because I feel like these sandboxes would be even more enjoyable if you could mm-hmm. swap between them all on the fly depending on the situation and yes not having them encourages replayability but once you've been through it or got the optimum way through you might not feel encouraged to go back anyway you know and well, you plus, would I feel mean, overpowered if you had them all but it's it, i can i can understand why they've done it is what i'm trying to mm-hmm. say i can understand the trade-off however for me I, there were times where i just wished i had access to all of them at once and could swap between them and kind of like see what happened and and then kind of like pick my favorites from that Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, because I guess I could see myself getting to some part of some level and going like, oh, well, that's clearly the best thing I want to do, but I don't have that power. And then the thing that I have to do because of what I've equipped, I like just have to kind of make do. And I know that I have to reset the whole thing to be able to go down that path instead, um, yeah. which is that that's me tapping back into my core I don't know if I have a core hatred of just this checkpoint anxiety manifested as time loop games, <laughs> but just that idea of anything making me redo stuff um, makes me kind of makes me itch. But I think that um, like, yeah, but if, if they've got like some stuff in there that sort of says, like, hey, look, by the way, if you came back in with um, this other mind power, then maybe you could do something else. That is a way to, I guess, make the most out of the replayability side of it, because does it feel big like as a, as a big in a week? It almost doesn't feel like a triple A release. It feels like quite a fun mid tier sandboxy like it feels like quite i don't know what the file size is i don't know if it feels like a big game or not um but one of the benefits of a time loop game is making the most of an environment making sure you scour every single part of it and how does that stuff feel how does it feel in regards to like expectation of it being this big triple a bethesda published thing well, I mean, it's it's like a PlayStation Five exclusive, isn't it? You mm. know, which is so weird considering that, that yeah. um, Microsoft literally owns Bethesda, and their first <laughs> release is the PlayStation Five exclusive. For but now. Um, it it does feel, at least in my opinion, it feels like a big game. Yes, you only have four locations, but like I said, those locations are big. They're intricate. You're not going to see all of them straight away, and mm. they change substantially depending on what the time of day you're in like i said you know so in terms of sheer possibilities within those levels and sheer things to see it is you know incredibly detailed and incredibly labyrinthian in a really Mm. good way there are so many different um trinkets to get there are so many different characters there's so much banter so much dialogue quite a lot to the story as well like it doesn't feel like any part of the design has been skimped on you know it feels like a proper triple a game in my opinion Mm -hmm. um even if it's not going to be the one that i don't think blows people away or kind of justifies the need for a playstation 5 like i was Mm. playing it i think visually it's very good but it doesn't look like a a ratchet and clank or even a demon souls or anything like that it doesn't need to be but when i was playing it i was almost thinking is there a reason why this isn't on playstation 4 (laughs) if that makes sense because i could see it on playstation 4 obviously with a few um setbacks Mm -hmm. because with the ps5 stuff it's like yeah does it feel it doesn't it doesn't always have to be visually but in terms of loading like does it feel like it shows off what the ps5 can do or are there load screens are there you know is there anything on the tech side where you go like okay this is taking full advantage of the playstation 5 um it's more the subtle details like the loading is fast but you still do a lot of it that's Mm. kind of like the biggest surprise and that was the biggest surprise for me going into it is that you know like i said every time you load into a certain time 
period during a certain level like every time you leave that time period to progress to the next um, part of the day you jump back into a loading screen you can tinker with your loadout mm. and then you jump back in so there is a lot of loading in and out but it is quite fast and the reprise mechanic which is that when you die in the game you get two um level two lives uh, essentially so you get the chance to come back within a mission twice you die mm. and you immediately kind of like respawn and that is kind of like really fast because it's all happening you know in the moment like it doesn't really cut out or load or anything it just kind of like shoots you back to a different place um which i know isn't anything new but it would make more sense if you could see the way they do it visually because there's right. like just no kind of like stop to it mm-hmm. um but it's yeah like i said the next gen stuff it's more in the subtle details it's in the dual sense 5 which is just so good like every step you take literally in the game you can feel it when you plunk your left foot down you can feel it in the left hand side of your controller same with the right hand side and Uh that genuinely adds a sense of tangibility to your character it makes you feel like you really occupy space in the world it makes Mm. you feel like this lumbering muscly dude kind of (laughs) barreling his way through these levels and obviously when you crouch and go to stealth mode that disappears so it really does feel like you have an extra element of tactility to when you can be seen when you can't be seen yeah, do they do cool stuff with um, the controller with the powers as well? Because like Returnal was like was like a really good showcase of like what weapons can feel like in a controller, things like that. Not as well as Returnal, and there's maybe a bit of a, a downside to that. I think they use the speaker really well to accentuate some of those powers and to accentuate mm. the the dialogue, especially. But it's not it's not again it's it's really good but it's not the thing that's going to sell you on a PlayStation 5. Like that no. is definitely Ratchet and Clank or Returnal or something. So it's it uses them well, but it doesn't use them in a way that kind of breaks the mold, which admittedly is to be expected considering that they're not a first party studio mm-hmm. and they're making this as a second party thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that I think will be like underscoring it because it's like it is the last big or the, or the last PlayStation 5 exclusive of the year like Kane is going to be on PS4 as well and it's that thing of like should I should I get angry that I don't have a PS5 etc and obviously like right now like you said Microsoft owned Bethesda I feel like it'll come to Xbox in the next sort of few years I just don't think it'll Definitely. stay uh, as a platform exclusive I'm not sure if they've actually addressed that or not I think I correct me if I'm wrong I think it was a trailer or maybe in the game itself it mm. said that it was exclusive um at least until this time next year so i think it's a one-year exclusivity thing and then it'll go to xbox right yeah i feel like it's just like it's just stupid to not leverage that the amount of money that they've played and stuff uh, put in i mean but um one thing i was going to ask is the way that i think arcane stuff feels and this is the thing that eventually sort of put me off prey and um dishonored 2 is just like I guess, well, to kind of reset that question a bit, is how does Deathloop feel as a shooter? Like, do they have you do they have you doing a lot of shooting, or what's the general like feel of it? You mentioned a bit with like the controls, and you feel like it's a quite it's quite weighty. Um, yeah. But like, how much of a shooter is it? Because I've seen like some of the early previews have said that it's actually way more actiony than they expected. But I guess that might just be the way that they're choosing to take out the targets. Oh no, it's one hundred. It's like the most action-packed um, arcane game that I've played, you know, okay. and the gunplay has been leveled up to reflect that. Like, it's Can like you slide? Guns. Can you I need can slide? slide? You can Thank slide into a kick, and then you Ooh. can even, like, throw someone into a wall if you want with your powers. It's uh, when, when you link all that stuff up, it works really well, but there is still an element of clunkiness to the gunplay, especially early on when you have kind of weaker weapons that aren't doing much damage. It can kind of feel a mm. little bit sloppy, a little bit clunky, a little bit like you're fumbling around um, trying to find some precision or trying to find some kind of um, damage dealer that can really take out these enemies. But right. once you kind of like get into the rhythm of it, 
And once you incorporate the movement with the gunplay, with the powers, um, it becomes far more smoother and it becomes far more impactful. Some of the guns um, towards the end of the game when they're leveled up a little bit, when you're pulling off headshots, just feel magnificent and delicious. <laughs> I played most of it on the performance mode, which okay. was more or less a rock-solid 60 oh my God, second, you, which you told me there's like so much. There's like three modes to choose from. That's going to break me. Yes. It is. There are three modes to choose from. It defaults in the performance mode, which is, um, I think it tries to hit 4K, but is steady 60 frames. Okay. There is a graphics mode, which prioritizes 4K and graphical fidelity and has 60 frames per second with drops. And then there's a ray tracing mode, which is 30 frames and adds ray tracing, obviously. I personally, this is going to change oh, for God. everyone. I would recommend the performance mode. I think yes. this game works better when you have those silky smooth, um, you know, frame rates, and it makes the gunplay feel way more but does engaging. Does than performance it would have otherwise? Sorry, does performance sacrifice the ray tracing though? Yes, but two out of the three sacrifice the ray tracing. Ah, Scott Telford, you know me. <laughs> I normally love a bit of ray tracing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I normally oh. love a bit of ray tracing in my life, but um, I couldn't actually see substantially how it <laughs> increased the game's like visuals like it obviously right. does but not in a way for me personally and like i say i'm normally all about this stuff um in a way that was worth the drop off in frame rate for me mm. i prioritize frame rate over everything because it feels so good playing it in 60 frames uh-huh i definitely i didn't used to i hate i know it, it's very much rich hudson, rich hudson was correct that like we should have always been prioritizing performance modes i mean you were I, at least i was definitely back in the day was going what do you mean i've paid for the console i want to be able to see all the <laughs> fancy stuff and i do want to see the ray tracing stuff um but i'm very much performance these days i can very much feel the difference when i go back to 30 fps i've been playing back through aliens versus predator because i'm ill oh. and that Game. doesn't the series x is as many different things as the series x can do to it it can't boost the frame rate um well it's one of those games where it doesn't auto boost the frame rate um and yeah i can feel the 30 fps thing and i guess do death loop as well because it is such a fast kind of acrobatic game you jump it around verticality yeah. and everything else and um, you want to have it as fast as possible um you did when we um when you messaged me about it um i think it was over the weekend you said that it didn't blow you away or there was something about it that didn't make it land as like a five-star thing and not to make you talk about your rating because we do have the review coming up but is there something about it that kind of doesn't make it this perfect oh my god you've got to see it style release it's i always find it difficult especially as a critic to kind of delineate between a four-star game for instance and a five-star game because okay. it's hard to i think we've talked about this in a podcast it's hard to kind of pin down the special stars that make mm. something transcend into something else but i kind of i guess it's just what i was saying before in that the gunplay feels really good but it doesn't feel amazing the dual mm. sense feels really good but it's not at the level of kind of Returnal or Ratchet and Clank. The visuals are really great, but it's not a next-gen showpiece, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's a really, in my opinion, it's a, it's a really, really good game. And I loved it even after I finished it. Like, I didn't expect to go back, but I had the itch to explore these levels even more than I already have and mm -hmm. do these assassinations in different ways just for the fun of it rather than because I don't even know what the trophies are I couldn't even like see them obviously playing a yeah. pre-release copy and um, so I, I, I might go back and have those kind of like authored um experiences that I let I miss out the first time around but mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's kind of hard to explain it's just it's really good and I think the setting and the exploration in the world I, like all arcane arcane games is the highlight like that's the right. thing that i do love i loved exploring these environments i love getting to know the characters i, I think colton juliana especially they're so well written and the performances mm. are so good and charismatic that you just want to spend time with them you want to see them um you know 
butt heads essentially <laughs> um, and all that stuff is really kind of like great but yeah the rest of it is just sort of there are drawbacks to it like I said mm. some of the powers kind of like don't feel as inventive as they maybe could have or original as they could have I kind of wish the loadouts were more expanded getting booted back to the menu um, kind of takes out some of the momentum sometimes mm. the extended tutorial doesn't make the best first impression so I think it's good but there are some of these negatives that I just kind of can't get away from and we yeah. haven't actually talked about the mm. multiplayer aspect of it I'm well that sure was what I was just going to say because wow. you've got um, you mentioned at the very beginning about the um, the invader stuff and obviously the, the go the go to especially like in a, in a mainstream context of what an invader because I, I was going to say it was Dark Souls but I remember in Dark Souls 2 when you fight the uh, I think it's called the Mirror Knight or whatever you call it and the dude like you're fighting this boss and he summons another player to fight you in real time uh, in yeah. amongst the boss fight itself and I was like that's the coolest thing in the world like that is really really cool um, and obviously getting invaded in your game sometimes can just completely ruin everything because you might come up against someone who's really really good how yeah how does Deathloop handle the idea that at any point someone can just leap in this is the element that I do love. I think mm. this is great. I think it's what elevates it and elevates each run into something completely unpredictable and something really tense. You know, when you get the announcement that Juliana has is in the world, you know, first off, it locks off your escape route. So every time you finish a level, you need to oh go to God. an escape okay. route um, to get out of it. So you need to find a, an antenna and you need to either un you need to unblock that before you can escape. And obviously that makes a kind of like zone where she can, um, you know, overlook mm -hmm. and kind of like set an ambush for you if you were to come and try to unblock them so you can escape whatever. But it's great going through these levels, trying to complete your objectives, knowing that someone out there is just trying to take you down. And there are so many <laughs> cool tricks that you get as playing as Juliana to kind of like um, Assassin's Creed multiplayer your way into the world. So you get a masquerade um, ability, which allows you to swap... Um, costumes i was gonna say can you just be an npc yes. yeah so you can look like an npc so you can get the drop on people that way obviously <laughs> if you played the game you know in, in in some ways where the key areas are so you might be able to hang around near a target for instance if you think i was just gonna say gonna can go you for. like scupper someone's main target choice or chance um i i don't know if you can kill them but you can be there you can be there right. ready to drop once they um <laughs> once you take them out and that's happened a few times there was uh -huh. one uh, incredibly um funny for me not funny for the person that i got but <laughs> they were kind of like overlooking this ballroom where one of the targets arrives and I kind of like maybe figure that out. So I snuck up to the top to where the vantage point would be. And sure enough, the player was there. And I managed to kind of get the drop on them and <laughs> counteract it. And moments like that are just so surprising and so cool and so um, kind of like dynamic that mm. it keeps the game fresh, that keeps it interesting. And adds this extra element that I found really fascinating. You don't have to play with this on. You mm. can turn the online mode off. But for me, I, I loved it. And I'm kind of, I'm not disappointed that I got it early, Scott Taylor, because I'm no. absolutely not. But it's going to be interesting, you know, obviously when more people are playing it and these invasions potentially happen more frequently. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I'll go through a level and it wouldn't happen just because of the player base, you know, mm -hmm. it being pre-release. But I imagine this happens quite frequently when you're playing it on the launch version and that's tantalizing man like that's really cool <laughs> i was gonna say can you do can you stealth kill the other player do they have any way of tracking you or is it just you know they're in the world somewhere and then they'll you just know they're point? in the world but if right. you can like figure out where they are like if you see them and they don't see you then you can sneak up and stealth kill them right uh, and that's really exciting or you can snipe them or something you know it's mm -hmm. it's uh those fights are cool. Again, it's a little bit clunky sometimes as you kind of both just scrambled and tried to... Yeah, arcane first-person combat's yeah. not great. Melee combat. 
totally because the gunplay isn't you know call of duty or whatever and i feel mm-hmm. like it seems well balanced i haven't played much as juliana myself just because like i said it was a bit difficult to to get into games because of the play account before launch mm. but i did play it a few times and it was really fun i prefer to be cold getting hunted down rather than doing the hunting right but i do think it's a really interesting element and i think it's something that people would enjoy because it's that kind of you know asymmetrical multiplayer experience that's added on to an already really good single player game mm-hmm. well everything about this seems cool i've got it preloaded so i'm gonna play at midnight and we'll check out and um, we'll try and do more coverage on Deathloop across the week you've got your review coming out on tuesday so everybody check the video channel for that and then we'll just see what happens i'm away at the end of this week again um but we'll see how much we can put together we might do another the main podcast on it as well because i know ben roy's playing through it as well and, well, uh, we'll see what we it'll be do. interesting to get into spoilers because I've spoiled, uh, hopefully I've spoiled absolutely nothing. No, you've not. Some interesting I barely know what this game story. is, mate. No, exactly. not I barely, I barely even touched who you have to kill or what the hell Juliana is throughout uh, this entire thing. But all of ooh, those what answers... She is. Well, well, who she is, I suppose. I don't want to lead anyone down the, the, <laughs> the wrong route with that. Or in, pretend like I've spoiled something. Uh, but yes. Yeah, she's a cat. There are a lot of interesting twists and turns the story goes on, is all Mm -hmm. I'm saying, and I enjoyed almost all of them. It sounds amazing. I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting checked into it. Um, and we'll just, yeah, we'll see how much we, else we can put together depending on whether it lends itself to ending explained or spoiler dissections or tips and tricks or whatever else. Um, but yeah, for now, this has been the wind-up. Hopefully you're all considerably wound up for the week and we'll catch you all next week. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Goodbye. And we'll catch you then. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.